Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? everybody welcome you to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm devin and today we're watching one of devin's most recent watches for the show confess fletch starring john ham and all of john ham's friends basically (laughs) (laughs) Um, before we get into that uh devin i need to know have you watched andor yet i watched i watched the first episode of andor I, I did it, guys! I did it, and then I got yeah. very busy over the weekend and couldn't follow it up. I have to say, it's just fine. I the, episode one didn't wow me. It didn't. I, I don't hate it. I'm going to keep going, but I don't there, like, need to watch it now. There is a reason it's a. It was a two episode premiere. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And I will say, the first two episodes aren't what drew me into the series. Like the more you get into it, the more you're like, oh, I need to watch the next one. Uh, okay. And the first, the first few episodes, like there's like three episode arcs. So, oh, yeah. I so, mean, I, I heard it's a slow burn. Totally fine. Character is lovely so far. Um, yeah. It's a slow burn that speeds up. Like I'm very Does excited it? for. I'm very excited for the finale tomorrow. So, I don't know why I thought this ended like weeks ago. I didn't know the the finale was still kind of pending. No one's talking about it. Nobody's watching it. So. And it, it's, it's nobody watching it because all I ever hear about it is that it's amazing. But I'm biased because Ryan sends me the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, Devin and I kind of had this conversation what, like three days ago because I mm-hmm. sent you another like non-spoilery like praising comment I found in a comment section on it, and I told yeah. you like just 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 hang on, keep on watching because around episode four or five it's going to take off for mm-hmm. you and it's just gonna be like i don't want to stop watching from there <laughs> i heard a dumb joke someone's like i'm not watching Andor. i'm watching like but if or something like that i'm like oh i love it and i hate it mm-hmm. it, was good. it was a good joke you gotta love lost it on that joke. <clears throat> it was uh Andor is the word and and the word or and oh wordplay great play. dyslexics don't like wordplay jokes Let's keep on going. Will but we? do you know what everyone well, loves? Someone explaining a joke. You're welcome, <laughs> Internet. Well, let's find out if dys- dyslexics like the movies that they watch this week. Ryan, what did you watch this week? <laughs> Look at the transition. It was buttery smooth. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the movie I watched was the the was I believe it was titled The Devil Below. Yes. It was a movie that Kristen had me watch because she said I might be interested in it, and it was right down my alley. It's low budget. Um, it's on Netflix and it is a classic like suspense monster thing um, set up a bunch of scientists go with an ex- go with a guide 
to go to this abandoned coal mine because there's a lot of Centralia, Pennsylvania type stuff going on and they want to like, you know, explore that. And it turns out to be more than just an underground coal fire. Um, And the surrounding and the surrounding community um, has pretty much taken upon themselves to sacrifice their lives and keep people away from the town and to prevent what's in the town from getting out. And it's really good. <laughs> okay. So I highly recommend. So if that sounds interesting to, to anyone out there, there's a very, very well-known actor in it that I am blanking on his name at the moment. Um, I'd, I think he had a hand in producing it. Um, and I'm pretty sure both of you guys are looking it up right now. I, yeah. I absolutely am. The Devil Below Netflix. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's good. It's not that long, and it can easily take up like a oh short... Will Patton. Will Will Patton's in it. Will Patton from, Arm- um, from Armageddon. Yeah. Oh, funny. So yeah, so I mean, his character really like he's more of a side character, but he's the character that kind of explains things at the point where it's like okay. This is what's going on. He explains it to the survivors and says, okay. this is what happened back in the 70s. This is why we're here. And mm-hmm. then everything goes from there. Um, like I said, it's low budget. If you don't mind rubber people in rubber monster suits, it's, all, it's, it's up, up your alley. Devin, stop the face. Drop the face. It, you have made I, me watch movies. You don't get to judge. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't think you would add the word monster to people in rubber suits and thought this was going to be a whole other kind of movie. <laughs> well, so I mean, that was that. There's no other way to explain what it is besides, you know, a low budget, you know, movie where they show the thing and it's it's a rubber suit. But it's yeah, but good. Sometimes practical the way they effects do are wonderful. Yeah, I'm totally The practical effects in this remind me yeah. of, of, like, the practical effects from, like, the early 90s and 80s that I love. There you go. So I'd much rather take practical effects over cheap CGI. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to so. be near Centralia uh, tomorrow, so maybe I'll watch this there. What are you doing near Centralia? Uh, my wife's family's not from not too far from there. I didn't realize so. that was that close to that. Yeah. Have you ever been? No. Oh. No. You don't really uh, actually. You don't really want to. <laughs> I yeah, want. I want to. I genuinely want to. Is that weird? No. Okay. It's like it's all yeah. it's on everyone from Pennsylvania's bucket list. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what, but then when you go, you're like, okay, I've been here for five minutes. Let's let's kind of go home. Let's kind of yeah. go home. <laughs> so I've got some things that I've watched, uh, and okay. I forget which order I put them in. So one of them I really love. One of them <laughs> I absolutely hate watching the rest of the series. Okay. Um, the first of which I'm going to talk about is the Hulu series reboot. Uh, this is a show that's making fun of the resurgence of the sitcom reboot, like Fuller House or Girl Meets World, like all those uh, sitcoms that get back together, like bring their cast back at Will and Grace, like that that whole premise of like taking the family sitcom and doing it in the modern day with the same mm-hmm. cast but older. Um. I'm going to read you the cast for this, and it's okay. phenomenal. Oh um, Rachel Bloom plays the, the writer who brings the show back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and then you have Paul Reiser, who plays the former showrunner. Who okay. like so like you have the 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 clashing of the generations, but mm-hmm. the cast of the of the sitcom is Judy Julie uh, Judy Greer, Keegan Michael Key, oh. and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> The poster it, alone looks funny. <laughs> it is the funniest show that I have seen in a long time. Uh, and each episode is named after a different sitcom. It's like the se- the second episode after the pilot, the first, the second episode is called new girl. Then you got growing pains, girlfriends, what we uh. do in the shadows. Like they're all like, it's all wordplay. <laughs> like based, but the, the, it's so funny how it makes fun of not only like the reboot, like the, clash of generations of television like you have two different writer types going into this reboot sitcom but the characters are believable and they're all like top notch like i've never seen paul riser in anything that i enjoyed him in that much (laughs) um but he's like one of the my favorite parts of this like there's a whole bit in the second episode where he wants to have somebody put popcorn in the dryer and, and okay. like the gag is they open the dryer and all the popcorn falls out. And his, mm-hmm. the, the other writer is like, no, that that's hacky. It, 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 it's stupid. <laughs> We're cutting that. Like they, they keep going back and forth <laughs> on it. And like, there's this whole, they have, they're fighting the whole episode and at the end. They make up and then she's like, oh, and by the way, I'm sorry. And he opens his car door and it just comes out with all this popcorn. He's like, you're right. It, it is hacky. <laughs> 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 and then the episode ends. And I was like, that's the perfect ending. <laughs> So, the, so from that little bit, the humor reminds me a bit of, of community. Is that kind of the vibe it goes for humor wise? Uh, a little bit, not so much. It's from, uh, Steve, Le- Steve Levitin, who did modern okay. family. So it's a bit in that vein. It's a mix between like modern family and community. Like it's, it's okay, meta, fair. but not too meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very like, it's not for network television. Okay. Okay. So, so it, it's an adult show. Like it's very, they wouldn't be able to do this outside of Hulu. So. All right. Well, I'm excited uh, to watch it. Well, I'm sure for you it's on Disney Plus. So. I bet it is, which is going to be great. Um, so speaking of Disney Plus, uh, I watched two episodes of a show that premiered last week. Uh, I watched the first two episodes of the Santa Clauses. And guys, yeah, yeah, Devin, Devin, you look confused. Do you not know what the Santa Claus is? Catch me up. I have no idea. Catch me up. So Tim Allen starred in three movies as the Santa Claus. Yeah. You're aware of this, right? I've seen those. Yes. Now Tim Allen has a Disney plus show where he plays Santa Claus. Uh, Well, that's a very good question. (laughs) Uh, Santa is losing his powers and is considering retirement. So he has to like find a replacement. And that's one of the plot lines of the show. The one of the, like, that's the one that I'm like, eh, okay. Not, not that enjoyable. The plot line that I am enjoying. And the only reason I hate watching the show is they're exploring like what happened to the other Santa? Like when he fell off the roof, 
Like, did he oh. have a Mrs. Claus? Like, what happened to her? Why doesn't Mrs. Claus have a first name? Like, there's this whole big, like, they're oh. exploring the plot holes of the first movie. <laughs> like, and just exploring, like, what happens to Santa when he falls off the roof? Yeah. And I'm like, that oh, sounds you know what? Fun. Like, that I'm in for. Um, the rest of it, it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what don't yeah. you like? Give me, give me the I hate. don't like that Tim Allen Santa has to be like, you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. I'm like, okay. oh no, like, oh, Tim Allen Christmas crap. Yeah, <laughs> like it's Tim Allen, so I'm not surprised. And there's been very little of it, but it's there, and it's like okay. But um, Cal Penn is also in it as a contender oh. for the the job of Santa. That's fun. So, uh, and then Elizabeth Mitchell, who played his wife in the Santa Claus two and three, is in it. Um. His son from the first movie makes an appearance. Oh, right. That's, uh, that's good. I'm happy yeah. that they're bringing, like, the kid back. Yeah. yeah. And then David Krumholtz will appear. And I guess there are, like, websites dedicated to finding out what, like, letting people know when David Krumholtz shows up, who played Bernard the Elf. Oh, that guy. Okay. Bernard the Elf has, like, a this huge cult following online. So, what? Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, my yeah. life's no favorite character of the movie. Like, people are waiting. Bernard the Elf. Movie. Yeah, yeah. What? People are people are waiting for sexy Bernard to show up on the Santa Clauses. That's what? okay. 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 So that's not why my wife likes him so much. I just want to put that it's, out there. Yeah. She likes him just just because of like his attitude in the movie. Yeah. Because he doesn't take crap from from like anyone, and like he's the one in charge, and it's just. Yeah. He's he's funny, but I mean, I, yes, I, there's a huge cult following for that. I character. think because because they show him in the in the trailer, they've dubbed him Hot Bernard now. So, yeah. has he gotten hot? I mean, that that all depends on your perspective. I'm looking it up. Yeah. So, um, I've I found out about this via a commercial on a football game that I was watching, and it. And it had Tim Allen as Santa Claus interviewing Peyton Manning for the position. And they made a Tom Brady joke out of it because Peyton Manning was like, well, it'll give me a one up on Tom Brady. (laughs) Wow. I didn't I didn't tell you the the, the part that made my wife check out immediately. Uh, The title of the first episode was good to hell. Yeah. Uh, why are they doing this? I love that Tim Allen impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking, have you guys seen the trailer for Violent Night yet? No. What is this? I oh, go ahead, Ryan, and fill it in. Fill him in. Okay, so there is a oh my god. Okay, so um, the actor from Stranger Things that Alan David Harbor. Harbor. He I'm not obsessed Santa... with David Harbor. You're obsessed with you're, David Harbor. You're obsessed with David Harbor. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, he plays Santa Claus, and I guess he like comes down a chimney in the middle of like a political assassination or something, and so he he has to like defend himself against like these assassins or these like militia type guys, and it's supposed to be like I mean it's called Violent Night. Instead of mm. Silent Night. It looks amazing. I really feel like someone watched... What was that movie a few years ago? With, um... Oh, I can't remember his name now. Mad Max. The original Mad Max guy. The Australian mm. actor that's really popular. Lethal Mel Weapon. Mel Gibson? 
Mel Gibson, thank you. I just I blinked on his name. Anyway, so Mel Gibson had a movie about this or something. It was along those lines. Yeah. They made a Harper one. <laughs> and it looks you, amazing. Are you talking about the 2005 cinematic gem Santa's Sleigh? I'm going to no. assume. No, no not, there was another not, one. It was more recent. It was like within five. It was years like ago. after. It was like after Mel Gibson became the Mel Gibson that we know today. Yeah, got it. So, okay, gross. Yeah, but yeah, they actually premiered uh, this David Harbor Santa movie at New York Comic Con. Like David Harbor was there. Oh, very cool. Um, I didn't get to go see it, but. I got to see Ghostbusters last year, and that was cooler. Yeah, so, so. you got that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited for, to see this. Uh, I might go opening weekend, just because yeah, it's something yeah. different. There's so many movies coming out in the next month that I want to go see. Um, Unless you guys make me watch them, I guarantee I'm going to see none of them. Like, I just, I'm not good. Oh, there's up. there's one that we're doing on the show. Is there? Oh, yeah. Can can you, can you let me know? Uh, yeah, give me a second. Uh... Devin, I see you. Oh, are you going to make me watch that movie? Oh, yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm lost. Okay, so for uh, the actual audio listeners, all Alan did was turn his like light blue and hold it up to and, his face and go, Devin, I see you. I'm my lost as much as now. you are. It's so, Avatar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we've made him mad. No, 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 no. Not mad. I'm just like, I... Disappointed. <laughs> I'm lost on the on on the oh. references that you two make simply because you guys have been friends since like middle school. Yeah. So there are things that go over my head that you two get like right away. Well, <laughs> to be fair, that that movie came out when we were in college, so it's just going for the blue and I quoted the song and the and the line in the movie, so yeah. I'm so mad about this movie. I'm mad I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to watch it though. I'll do yeah. it. We've known this was coming for like 10 years. I, yeah, that's why it was a movie that no one cared about, and they're like, "We're making seven and yeah. we're like, "Are you sure?" And he's everyone like, now cared it's twenty about it when it came out. Yeah, but then everyone treated it like it was like a drunken night they had, where they're like, "Yeah, it was fun, but kind of regrettable." And I don't know if I do it again. Okay, I mean, I, I'll go see it. Like the only way, the best thing about those movies was that movie was seeing it in theaters. So yes, in three D, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, um, is it releasing in three D the new one? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to go see it in 4D because I haven't what is, done that. What is yet. the fourth dimension? Is it uh, the smell? Sh- the chair shakes and they the oh, chair shakes and they shoot water at you and that, that might be risky stuff. in this one, Alan. They fill it's up the about theater water. And water yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> J- James Cameron feeds you popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I would see it if that was it. Yeah. And says oh. sweet things to you as he does it. <laughs> He just gives his own commentary, <laughs> like, <laughs> director's commentary in person. Um, but yeah, uh, I I can't recommend the Santa Clauses, but I will let you know how it goes from here on out. I'm mad you're still watching it. To be honest, I am too. I'm not thrilled about it, but I want to know. Like, I want to know what happened to the other Santa Claus. Like, I'm intrigued enough about that lore that. I'm I'm kind of disappointed that you've all you've both seen it because I would love to do that on the show and maybe we will in time for Christmas. Who knows? I'm fine to do it. Yeah, 
I mean, um, what's going to happen is that the old Santa Claus would have been reborn and is going to be the new Santa Claus, and it's going to be a cycle of never-ending never yeah. Santa Clauses, like a human centipede. Maybe that's our Christmas special this year, is a triple feature on Santa Claus movies. Not mad. So we see the David Harbour one, we see the Santa Claus <laughs> one, one, and then uh, the live-action year without a Santa Claus. <laughs> Yes, we have to. We have been threatening a lot of people with that movie. We have to do that one. Whatever. You look thrilled, Ryan. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into tonight's main topic. This year's film, Confessed Fletch, starring John Hamm. Devin, this is your pick. I'm going to let you do the talking. Take it away. All right, So... I picked Confess Fletch because I watched it on a plane on the way over here just about two weeks ago and absolutely fell in love with the movie uh, a lot more than I honestly expected to. And it's one of those movies that I feel like you guys would have a lot of fun with, too. Now, I have plenty of background on the movie that I'm going to get into at some point. I have whole probably paragraphs that I want to read about its development and its production because, honestly, this movie is very interesting, like as far as background and production wise. But first, I just care about what you guys think of the movie. I I really wanted you guys to watch it because the whole time I was watching, I'm like, this is fun. I want other people to have fun with me. And guys, did you have fun with me or did you not like this movie? Ryan, you want to go first? <laughs> okay. Um, it was fun. Yeah. No. I mean, I definitely had fun with, with it. So it's great. <laughs> um, the only thing is like... I don't know if it's because I'm so used to John Hamm being more of like a dramatic actor that it's really hard for me to like switch over to like comedy. Sure. For him. Now, everyone else in this was great. I I loved the cops. I loved his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I loved her mom. I everything <laughs> about this movie was great. It was just a lot of the lines I found funny from him, I found funny because they were funny written lines, not necessarily because John Hamm was giving them. Okay. I like John Hamm. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I like his acting. It's just, I need to flip, I need to flip that switch to like, okay, I've got to get used to his comedic timing because it was still a little like, oh, he just said something funny. Like, it's it dry. Wasn't, <laughs> it's it, very well, I mean, dry. Yeah. It, it, it's not that, well, Yes, it's dry, and I liked, and I like dry humor. It's just, you know, like him with like Mad Men and like stuff like that. When you, when he's saying stuff, I'm not expecting him to say anything funny. So when he does, it takes a little bit for me to catch up to the fact that he told a joke because I'm not expecting him to tell jokes. Okay, that type of thing. So re- real quick, what do you know John Hamm from? Like when you think John Hamm, Ryan, what is your go-to outside uh, of Mad Men? The f- uh cardinals games actually okay oh really he is the most well-known saint uh saint louis cardinals fan in hollywood so whenever the cardinals play in la or whenever he winds up in saint louis during the summer the camera always pans to him and says uh and the broadcasters go oh look john ham is here and occasionally they'll send their field 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 reporter down to talk to him so that's why I'm wearing the St. Louis Cardinals hat today. So I'm cosplaying as John Hamm, the Cardinals fan today. Oh, that's I, I, I don't well know if done. you guys notice who I'm cosplaying as, but any guesses? It's don't, me. Don't put your <laughs> don't put your feet on air, please. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm, Devin's I'm not t-shirt. doing it. Yeah. Oh, Devin's t-shirt. Oh, no, I. Um, all right. Well so 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, we'll get to that I, later. I guess I, I guess Ryan, what I was trying to get at is what dramatic roles outside. Is there anything outside of Mad Men that you know John Hamm from? Not like sports things. I know him from Mad Men. Okay. I've seen some of that. I've seen. I. Million Dollar Arm, like the baseball movie I've, he did. I have not seen Million Dollar Arm. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, I guess I had a completely different reaction to you to John Hamm, uh, his com- comedy takes. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to Devin to let you know how I feel about this movie. I'm gonna quote yeah. the movie itself. Five stars. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I love that line. Too. Uh, <laughs> I for years I have wanted John Hamm to do a straight up comedy because mm-hmm. I've seen him host SNL. He was hysterical on 30 Rock. So I know yeah. him from comedy stuff as much as I know him from like Mad Men. There was always like this other side of him that, you know, don't get to see much. And I think he does such a great job with this role, playing the snarky know-it-all uh, with the dry humor, cracking jokes and like just having moments like they're, they're not meant to be jokes. It's just his personality. And I think it's phenomenal. I think I want to see them make all of the books into movies with John Hamm. Yep. Um, now I absolutely adored this movie, uh, and I, I had a choice of how I watched this. Like, I could rent this for five dollars, mm-hmm. or I could add Showtime to my Paramount Plus subscription and watch it yeah. that way. Which which would end up costing me. I didn't know how much it would cost me because I already have Paramount Plus. It was like an add-on sure. for the for the year long subscription. So I took the gamble and I added Showtime, and it was like sixteen bucks for the rest of the year mm-hmm. for Showtime on it. I was like, absolutely worth it. So <laughs> good. Uh, no, I, I I love this movie. I can't wait to talk about it some more. Well, that was one of the things I love. So I obviously loved John Hamm in the movie. I loved him. Like, I mean, even his, like, his, I, I just pulled up John Hamm comedy, like, on YouTube, and, like, one of the first things is, like, John Hamm is a beautiful idiot, Parks and Rec and 30 Rock Montage. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, I he isn't is Parks. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's just, uh, he, I, I like his comedic timing a whole lot, but I think the other thing that drew me to the movie, because if it was just him kind of being snarky for a whole movie, that's one thing, but it did kind of the the kiss kiss bang bang thing where it also had a really good really interesting plot behind it that had its own little twist and turns that i really liked and and did you guys have that same experience with the movie or was the plot just fine for you and that that's a good way of putting it it's like kiss kiss bang bang but only one like detective exactly that was exactly it and not set at christmas (laughs) right exactly yeah, I um. So that was one of the things that I liked the most about the movie. Is I mean, you give me any, literally any movie where like you don't tell me what the protagonist is doing, but I see him doing weird things and have them all pay off at the end for me, and I'm mostly sold. That's like most of the battle for the movie for me. So that's what I really liked. Um, but see, when when it comes to me with with stuff like that, it it. it <clears throat> I get wrapped up in stories like this to the point where he's doing random things and then halfway through the movie, I'll forget half of what he's already done. So then mm-hmm. by the time the movie wraps up, I don't, I don't, 
I don't even try to remember if it makes sense because I don't remember half half of the things they go over mm-hmm. because of all the different tiny little steps that he's doing and all of the small conversation he has and like the, the clues that are being dropped throughout the whole film. So to me, I was just going off of this of like, okay, he's being arrogant. I get the humor <laughs> and it's just him dealing with and and then it's all of the side characters dealing with his arrogance and mm-hmm. there's one character that I'll talk about later but that's for when we get into that type of stuff so well I mean I did want to talk about it because we're, we're on that now and I'll talk about the history of this movie later who's your favorite character or like what was your favorite yeah who's your favorite character in the movie we'll start there Grizzly Grizzly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll just quote the movie and go for she like like I absolutely love the fact that she was completely over him from the start. Oh yeah. And she just ends up being tormented by him the most. And she just kind of goes with it because she's helping like she's in second command to the other detective. So she mm-hmm. can't really do anything about it. So she just has to flow with it. So, you know, like her dealing with the GPS going to Philly. And, you know, him leading her to the elevator and her going, hang on, what, we're going up? And then the doors close on her. <laughs> yeah. Every moment that he got away from her, I was like, that that's great. Like, it was, yeah. you know, there were so, such great moments. I think for me, her, the other detective, uh, Morris Monroe, Inspector yeah. Morris Monroe, yeah. uh, I really liked the way that he was like, yeah, you're the one who did this. And like kept on him the whole time even when he had to like have his baby at work like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not i could not get over the mom or the the dutch was it the duchess the duchess it? is my was my second choice yeah, oh, yeah. just are you trying to seduce me <laughs> like just the whole time oh i loved it i was like, like how okay she, <laughs> okay <laughs> how she and then as he was walking away this was a test and you passed i'm like all right fine I haven't seen Marsha Gay Harden in anything in a long time, so it was nice seeing her again. Because uh, it's been a while. I think the last thing I saw her in was, oh jeez, I don't even know. Fifty Shades of Ma- Grey. Maybe the newsroom. If I watch that season. Yeah, it's I feel been, like she was been... a mom or a stepmom in something that the last time I saw her in anything. I'm talking yeah. like 25 years ago, and I can't remember exactly yeah. what it is. But I know she played either a mom or a stepmom. Sure. Oh, well. <laughs> but, I enjoyed her in this, too, because she was all over the place and really like brought the comedy to yes. a role that I didn't think would be that comedic, given the setup of that character. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What did you so did if you guys could pick your favorite scene, like if you had to pick a scene from this and you had to show somebody, okay, this is Confess Fletch, all wrapped up in this single scene, and I love this and watch it, what would it be? Because I have mine already preloaded and ready. Uh mine is when he goes to visit Tatiana and she doesn't know what the <laughs> word bespoke is. And he's like, bespoke, what is that? It's it's bespeaking to us. It's it's bespoken for she has you tell she has no idea what it means. And, like, even the little things he interjects, like, mm, right, the poor are the worst, aren't they? Like, just those little lines yeah. are just, oh, I loved everything about that scene. Real quick, Devin, what does bespoke mean? It means custom. It means it's, it's 
bespoke to your needs. It's it's made specifically for you. Yes. They use it all the time over here. It's a major yeah. word yeah. in the UK. If I didn't know it, I'd be in trouble. Uh, for me, the scene that I would show somebody to get them to watch this is the scene uh-huh. where he gets the van and then like drops it off in the alley and gets these people <laughs> to to yeah. to graf- do their graffiti on it because he's like, I'll pay, like I'll pay you, and he they're like, what'd you say your name was? And he's like, what did I say? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you don't even know. He's like, just pay the van, man. Like I just love that scene so much. <laughs> Uh, see, I have two bouncing okay. around in my head. I think what you're looking for from me is mm-hmm. the yacht club when he sneaks into the party and puts the jacket on <laughs> and then tells the old man about how his fake uncle died by swimming into a propeller. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, so the other scene I was thinking of and I was like, man, this doesn't really fit, fit you know, what you're asking, but... It was the scene that made me stop because, like, unfortunately, movies like this, I get wrapped up in them and my anxiety hits because I care about what the ending's going to be. Yeah. I want, you know, certain people's endings to be happy. You know, I'm one of those people. Like, I want happy endings for certain characters and it makes me anxious and not knowing and it makes the viewing not pleasant for me. Mm-hmm there was a scene that completely negated all of that. And I was like, okay, this is just straight up silly. I don't care anymore. (laughs) And that's, um, and, (laughs) and that's when he goes to the police station to visit the inspector and the inspector has the baby and Mm -hmm. fetch goes to leave. Mm -hmm. And he announces to the rest of the detectives on the floor that the person of interest is leaving and everyone laughs (laughs) because, because the guy's nickname is Slow Mo Monroe because yep. he takes so long to like arrest people. So th- the fact that John Hamm was just like, I'm the person of, in- of interest and I'm leaving the department and all of the other cops are just laughing about it. I'm like, okay, this is straight up silly. I'm fine. I don't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love that. So I wanted to take a step back and just ask first off, how much do you guys know about the source materials before this so this is a reboot of a series that was based on books have you guys seen any of the previous movies have you read any of the books i ryan you go first (laughs) okay um i have known about the other movies my dad uh liked both of them okay previous movies because i he he was a fan of the actor who played finch chevy chase yeah um my dad was a fan of his and so he saw both of them he tried to make me watch uh, the first one when I was mm-hmm. like in my early teens, but I have to admit I am not a fan of the whole noir thing to a point. Like it just sure. it's eh. Um, so it never really like I I don't think we finished it. <laughs> I don't think we. Um, uh, so when I finally figured out what the title was. Mm-hmm. Because that's a story all in itself. Because you you said it on the last podcast, and I'm like, I don't think I'm hearing him right. This doesn't <laughs> these you know c- uh, these don't sound like words. Like it was just jumbled in my head. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, is this a reboot? Because and then I saw the poster, and then I saw when I looked it up on on Prime, the other two movies came up for available, and I'm like, okay, this has got to be part of like a book series or something. 
Yeah. And that's my history with it. Okay. So I, I was aware of the Chevy Chase movies going into this. I was also aware that Kevin Smith tried to do a reboot of this in the early 2000s with Jason Lee as Fletch. Oh, we'll talk. I know yeah. all the dirty details about that one now. Um, I did my homework. And I knew it was a book series because I've heard Kevin Smith talk about it in depth on podcasts before, how much he loves those series and like what went into it for him to write it. So that's that, that's my connection to it. Okay. Um, have you seen the the Chevy Chase movies? Though? I know I you knew not. about them. I, I have not. Like I, I'm kind of over Chevy. Like Chevy Chase has his moments, and like, like I, I'm not going to seek out new Chevy Chase stuff. The 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 catalog that I have of Chevy Chase stuff is what I'll keep because mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of been ruined for me. Sure. Uh, but I will say, yesterday at work, somebody made a like somebody was on camera in the studio and I was in the control room and somebody made the joke. Uh, I'm Chevy chase and you're not. I walked out of the control room out to the studio, right out to him. He's like, no one else got that joke, but I appreciate it and walked away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well done. So, um, yeah, that's my history with it. And when I okay. saw that John Hamm was doing, it's like, I can see like knowing what I know, of John Hamm's comedy style, it's like I could see him doing a good Fletch from what I knew of yeah. the character. So, so this the second book to ever come out in the series is called Confess Fletch. There are about twelve Fletch books in total. Chevy Trace um, did, I think, book one and book three as his movies in. the fourth book on our timeline to be turned into a movie uh that one was kind of ready to go for quite some time kevin smith wanted to do one um i think he wanted to do it was called mm-hmm. chase had what we call creative differences huh. which knowing who's what involved, we know now what we know yeah now i'm i'm Chevy sure what i'm sure i know what those were so then he pivoted because Fletch 1, which is a prequel to Fletch, the original book. So that way, Chevy Chase is in it as the narrator, but there's another actor. He got Jason Lee to play the part. It was supposed to be a Miramax thing. He who shall not be named didn't believe that Kevin Lee or that, yeah, Kevin Lee could actually lead a whole movie. And uh, for that reason, it didn't actually get the go ahead. This movie was years later, obviously. There was a whole thing where the writer of Scrubs got Zach Braff to play in this movie at first, and then that didn't work out, and then now we kind of got the iteration that we have, but even this movie was in a bit of kind of production hell, where, like, mm-hmm. this movie, as I mentioned last week, about halfway through, or no, it was it had a 27-day shooting schedule. And at the end of the 27th day, they go, oh, we still have more to shoot, but we don't have the budget to shoot more. So John Hammond, the director, pitched in their own money to help kind of finish the shoot, which, I don't know, thank God they did, to be entirely honest. I thought it was absolutely worth it. Now, the one thing that I wanted to talk about quickly, too, was, was like this, the reception of this movie, I think. So... I had heard John Hamm in an interview because I listened to podcasts where John Hamm pops up occasionally. Was like, oh yeah, Fletch, that thing I'm doing. 
And I went, oh, that sounds funny, and then ignored it for a while, and then saw it on an airplane. <laughs> did this, did this like, get missed by everyone? I don't think I've heard anyone talk about this movie. The the marketing that I saw for it was very minimal, but I think that goes with the, the low-budget stuff. Um, oh, really? And it was straight to, it was straight to on-demand as well. Like, it was a simultaneous release, which is rare nowadays. Like, you had it in theaters and on VOD. Um, and it's already made its way to Showtime, so. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. I think I assumed because I saw it on an airplane, it had been like, it had gone through like the theatrical release and then the video on demand release. And then halfway through my week, I was like, I hope, I hope they can find it like in the real world. So I'm glad you guys could both find it pretty quickly and pretty easily. Oh yeah. I, I, there were, there were other things on Showtime I wanted to watch anyway. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Gotcha. So what did you guys think of going kind of back to the plot quick now that we've we've gone over the whole the whole history of all of the Fletch things? What did you guys think of essentially the twist at the end? Did you guys see it coming? Did you like it? I'm honestly still kind of confused about it. Are you? <laughs> As in, like, like I said, with movies mm-hmm. like this, there are things that are said in conversations that that, that that are supposed to be like sticking points that mm-hmm. they refer back to at the end. And then I'm like, I don't remember that part of the conversation at all, or I don't Fair. remember that happening. And like everything made sense. Everything yeah. made sense. Yeah. Up until the very last scene where they show him driving the van. Okay. And then, and then that's what threw me off. Okay. And it's like, how did that happen? Okay, <laughs> I think I, I think it's a fairly simple answer, right? I think so. Yeah, he uh, spoilers for Confess Fletch. Uh, yeah, he had the paintings the whole time. Mm-hmm. He had to get the one, and that was it. Like he had the rest of them the whole time. And, That's and you watch him had... steal the one. Yeah. Okay, so that um. Uh... The doctor from Voyager is never that, kidnapped. I think. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know that. I <laughs> yeah. know that. And I think that knocks this movie down for me a little bit because I really feel like that should have been either established or something along the lines at some point because that's what threw me off the most because they talk about all these paintings that are gone. They. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that was another question I had. I wanted to know. If that was the doctor from Voyager, you said that it is. So I don't know if that's the question. <laughs> I wouldn't um, have known. So they're talking about the one painting, but they say that two were sold. And it's like, okay, two paintings were sold. Mm-hmm. And they go through all of this stuff, and then they show the paintings the back of the van. And I'm thinking to myself, like, did they not show a scene where he went into the boat and got them? And then, like pretended that they weren't there later on or something like that's where i'm like okay the dad's alive him and ham had already talked about all of this Mm -hmm. to begin with and then they talk about the paintings like are you sure you don't want you know like are you sure about the paintings and he's like oh those things made me guilty anyway and it's like okay and 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 then they show him with them and it's like eh, there could have been a little bit more explanation like that's too much of a non-spoken reveal sure that i'm just like eh, 
Eh. <laughs> well, okay, and I can I can definitely see how at that point you'd almost want like an Ocean's Eleven style montage of like, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's where we are, and it relied too much on your ability, it relied pretty heavily on your ability to go. Okay, so now that we know that the dad's back, and now that we know that it was, you know, that he wasn't actually kidnapped, and now that we know that this happened, that's why he has these, and that's why he's okay to have them. Which, you know, normally I'm fine with stuff like this. I'm fine Mm -hmm. with stuff with going unspoken and just relying on the audience to being able to, like, connect, you know, like, to be able to go from, you know, to go from A, B, C, and D and yeah. then being able to go from A to D and being like, okay, I don't need to know C and B. Yeah. Like, I- I'm usually fine with that. For something like this, though, it was just with so much going on, so many conversations, so many steps. It's like along along the way, things 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 uh, things things can get fuzzy mm-hmm. when 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 the narrative is this heavy. Yeah. I I have I have two thoughts. Okay. Uh, one is Ryan. If you go back and watch it again, I'm curious to see how you enjoy it. Because the biggest thing for me that that made me accept the ending was the whole time. Since my favorite scene was him getting the people to spray paint the van, I was like, okay, what's the van for? Like he doesn't yeah. use the van at all. So like, okay, the van's gonna play into this somehow. So mm-hmm. there there are moments that hint at what's going on. Uh, up until that final reveal. The other thought that I have for this is you're going to hate Ocean's 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already have a movie in my back pocket to watch after Ocean 12s because 13? I'm assuming that that's what's going to happen. Hmm? O- Ocean's 13? What? No, not not that. I haven't seen any of the Ocean movies besides the one that you had me watch. The oh, one. I know. So, they're in, they're yeah. in my back pocket. Um, that's yeah, and shame. just wait because I'll have my own little heist movie ready to go after that. Oh, that I know, I know which hate. one you have. I know which one you have. <laughs> which one do you have? Tower, Tower heist, heist, right? Yeah. Heist. Tower. Yeah. I was going to ask if it was Tower Heist as a joke. See, it's Tower Heist. You can yell at me and, and Devin for having our own things, but you and I have got them too. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> okay, no, so the, the thing is about the van, I figured that that was like. They show him get it. They mm-hmm. talk about it once. I figured that that was going to be like a getaway vehicle or something. Like he sure. bought it. He wanted to disguise it because because of everything else he was doing. He was doing everything else that was illegal. So it was like, okay, fine. He's changing the look of this van. He's probably going to report it stolen at some point. And then he, it's going to look the way that, you know, they're going to paint it up and it's going to look completely different. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting... As the movie went on, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to see the van again until the very end. And then when they showed it, I'm like, well, he doesn't really have to sneak away from anything. So why does why is he driving it? Mm-hmm. And then they show the inside, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did he get the rest of the paintings from? And I was like... I mean, that, for me, that's one of the things that made the movie. Because I love heist movies like for that reason. And I know that it's a little bit, like, I know heist movies are a bit formulaic and it's a bit gauche to love them, but I love heist movies. Because I love I love the whole, like, there's a secret plot happening in the background that you're not aware of until you're aware of it. And I just, oh, I think that's so cool. And, like, give me a movie that'll make me, like, laugh as much as this one did and then we'll do, like, the, by the way, he's been doing this the whole time thing. Ah, I love it. 
Now, something that was probably throwing me off, I will mm-hmm. admit, is the blonde, the ex-wife or the wife or whoever, the one that he goes to the interviews that he pretends to be like the, the My fashion. favorite scene. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Have you ever, guys... Have you guys ever seen was it uh, was it Dinner for Idiots or Dinner, Dinner for Din- Schmucks? Yeah, Dinner for Schmucks. Have you guys seen yeah. that movie? Mm-hmm. I have. Okay, she's in that, mm-hmm. and she plays the crazy axe. Oh, funny. so so all I could think of was her character from Dinner for Schmucks, and that was throwing me off the whole time because of just how eccentric that she can be in her characters. So maybe I missed it because of that, because I was laughing more about remembering scenes from her from that compared to, you know, you know, like her chasing Steve Carell around, you know, the apartment because he's pretending to be a penguin and she's trying to kill him. Like that type of stuff. I took the (laughs) wrong thing away from Dinner for Schmucks. I didn't remember that. I don't remember that anyone is in Dinner for Schmucks except for Steve Carell and his collection of dead mice. Uh, (laughs) At that point, my brain went, Ah, and I stopped paying attention to anything else in the movie. I don't Wait. know who's in it. I don't know what it, that scene turned me off so hard. Did like, we see I, that together? What, what, I what think scene? we at the drive-in. What Maybe, scene yeah. are you talking about? There's a scene where it's like revealed that one of Steve Carell's hobbies is like taxidermying and posing mice or something like that. That that doesn't happen till later in the movie. But it like wiped out the, my whole the, memory. The, of the opening, movie. the opening montage is the mice, though. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. then that's when it lost me. Yeah, but I mean, like that's his skill. That's the thing that he's good at. Like that's his art. That yeah. He and does. it's and it's terrible, and he should feel bad about himself. But that's why he's dead. a schmuck. <laughs> but the mice are already. He's not killing the mice. He's finding I... dead mice and taxidermy already dead natural. Let's move on because Devin, th- th- there's a mental block, and we need to talk about this later. Well, this is not a film therapy session for you. This okay, is a podcast we'll about get, a movie. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. <laughs> so the last thing I had to bring up about the movie is at the end of the movie, when he's on the boat, he gets the call and he hangs up on it. That's actually a direct lead into the plot of the next book in the series, which I think is called Fletch's Fortune. Would you guys watch Fletch's Fortune if it releases in... If there's another John Ham Fletch movie, Fletch's Fortune, would you watch it? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, day, opening day. I'd be ready to see it. Yeah. I, John Ham has been I, one of those actors that deserves a franchise for the longest time. Like yes. They just missed him to be Superman. Or he could have been the older Batman if they wanted to when Affleck was cast. Uh, but I feel like he, he deserves a comedy franchise. Yeah. In the vein of Knives Out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So this is something that I was thinking of as as we were talking about this and the fact that this is like a reboot from, you know, the ones that were made in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I really hope that this actually works and that they actually do turn this into a franchise and John Hamm gets to be like this character. And when people talk about Fletch, they think of John Hamm. And like there's maybe four or five movies out of this because... One of one of the failures that I feel that that Hollywood ever did for me personally was mm-hmm. not continuing with Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan movies. Oh, interesting. You, okay, you, you know, like that. Yeah, they didn't. They never finished those line of movies that they wanted to do, and then they tried mm-hmm. to reboot it a few times. Yeah, with like you know, with like run. For, 
hunt for, for, for the Red October with one yeah. of the 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 oh, Baldwin's. Baldwin's. Hunt for Red, hunt for Red October was first though. Oh, was it? No, yeah. no, no. Hunt Hunt for the Red October did not come out. If I'm, if I'm, if some I'm of all fears, some of all fears was the one after Harrison Ford. It was Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, and then Ben Affleck. So the so so the Harrison Ford movies came out after yes. Red, Hunt for the October. Yes. Eh, okay, item switched to my mind. Oh well, going forward. Yeah. So eh. I. I was fine, and I liked Harrison Ford as Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then when they were going to reboot the series with Ben Affleck when he was younger, with some of all fears, I was like, great. And then I watched it. I'm like, this is awesome. I can't wait to see this actually work out, because to me, it worked. Mm-hmm. Like, they established... They, 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 they took, like, book six or seven. Yeah. Turned it into a starting point for the character. And I was like, okay, fine. They can totally rearrange the, you know, events of the books for the movies. I don't care about that. This actually looks good. And then it went nowhere. And I was very upset about that. If this can, like, undo that, <laughs> yeah. and they and this is actually successful, this would make me put a little bit more faith into that whole idea. I, don't, I would hope so. This is the kind of movie that I want to see a franchise built off of now. Like, just fun, clever, good writing, good acting, yeah. all of that. All right. Anything else on Confessed Fletch? I, I still get confused about this title. <laughs> well, they wanted him to confess. No, 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 no. I get it now, but uh-huh. when when you first told us about this, about this, and you were mm-hmm. talking about the movie, about seeing it on the plane, the, mm-hmm. how quickly you said the title. Oh yeah. It never made sense to me. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and I remember. And you know it's like as we signed off off of last last uh, off of last week's podcast, you said mm-hmm. it again, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna have to message him later at some point in the week mm-hmm. and get a spelling of this because it seriously didn't make any sense. It just it still sounds like jarbled jarbledness <laughs> in my ears. And so I messaged you what this morning <laughs> or yeah. was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday, and then you sent it to me, and I'm like, oh confess comma flinch now this makes sense what what did you think i said or was Conf- it was just literally nothing it was literally like take the word confess and flinch yeah. and mix it together <laughs> confess flinch. confess flinch. Conf- conf- <laughs> like that's seriously what i was hearing the whole it time. sounds swedish it does oh. pretty, work, work. pretty uh, much I- I had a quick question because you just brought this up. Is Jack Ryan just the Forrest Gump of action movies? Uh, he seems to like wander into no. different. He, listen, he wanders into different weird situations. Okay, and okay, then okay. Gets made first president. off, f- okay, first, okay. So the Tom Clancy novels. How much do you know about them? And I, I promise I'll make this quick. I'm like a four out of five. Four, or four, four out, out. No, four out of ten. Sorry, four, four out, of 10. out of ten. Okay. His career starts off at. At like the like midpoint of the Cold War, yeah, okay, and he's a very intelligent guy, and he just kind of gets swept into politics mm-hmm. as you know. As he goes on, he's he works for the CIA. He kind of doesn't work for the CIA, and he eventually becomes president. But Tom Clancy wanted a person that he could put through 
a bunch of different Cold War issues mm -hmm. to kind of show, hey, this is kind of how things are structured in case something horrible would happen. So he's essentially just like the vehicle, basically. He's the vehicle for the author showing, hey, this is how much that me, you know, someone who who's who doesn't work for, 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 for the CIA, this is how much we know of what would actually happen, of how right. our government would kind of respond to these issues mm -hmm. in a more dramatic way. Right. Obviously, because it's for entertainment. But that's what it is. Like, there is, like, all of the situations are made up. They're they're completely fictional. Forrest Gump, that was all actual events that they put that character through. I mean, fair, but still. He, like, bumbles his way into, like, a How about submarine. This? Okay. How about this? How about this? He is the Forrest Gump of the Cold War. Done. I will accept that and go to bed happy. Okay. Same here. <laughs> one, one last thing I confess, Fletch, that I was surprised by was the Miramax yeah. logo at the front, where they make it very clear who owns the company now. Yeah, yeah. They I do. guess I, I ha I'm looking at some of the stuff they've done recently. I haven't seen the new Halloween movies. So I didn't realize they were Miramax, but oh. it makes sense. Like Weinstein doesn't own it anymore, so right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got on Confess Fletch. So that's all I got. Let's talk about next week. Yeah. So next week we are streaming on Tuesday at our normal time. Mm -hmm. Tuesday is also Giving Tuesday. So we are going to be teaming up with our friends, Victims and Villains, and we're going to be watching Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and talking about the late Jason, Jason David Frank. Um, uh, as you can see, I'm a pretty much a pretty big Power Rangers fan. So um, we haven't talked about this on the show uh, yet, uh, but we're going to talk about it next week in an effort to what victims and villains does is promote uh, suicide prevention through pop culture. And I think we are, we're going to team up with them, talk about the movie, talk about what they do for giving Tuesday and try to get some money to help them yeah. with their cause. Uh, so it's going to be a fun episode, even though it's going to be a, a, a deep episode, uh, because I do want to hear, I genuinely do want to hear your guys' thoughts on this movie because I've rewatched it a few years ago and it's not great. Uh, <laughs> but mean, it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I will say this for it though, just so you, the Zord fights are better <laughs> than the other Power Rangers movie that we did. Perfect. Um, so that'll be next week's show. Uh, so, uh, tune in next week for that. Josh from victims and villains will be joining us. Um, I might reach out to some other people at Victim to see if they want to join us as well. So it might, it might, we might have a whole Power Rangers team assembled. Um, but so join us for Giving Tuesday with Victims and Villains as we pay tribute to the late Jason Jason David Frank. And I want to end the show on this note: if you are struggling with thoughts of um, taking your own life. Uh, please reach out to somebody, reach out to, to a friend, an old friend, somebody you haven't talked, like there's a hundred percent of suicides are preventable. Um, so please just reach there, there. There's hope out there. Victims and villains has a lot of great resources for you to check out. Um, so you can visit their website. We'll put their, their information in the show notes. And we'll have Josh on to talk about it a lot more next week. So uh, in the meantime, I know Victims and Villains is doing a watch through of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie 
on their Discord this week. So head over to their Facebook page for details on <laughs> that. I'm going to make sure I, I might be joining them if I'm home on Friday in nice. time. Um, but yeah, so we'll promote their stuff. Hopefully they promote that they're going to be on our show. Uh, but <laughs> so tune in next week for Turbo, a Power Rangers movie um, starring the late uh, JDF. So until next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And may the power protect you. Five stars. <laughs>